Well, hey, Jeeper, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got a story about man's best friend, who, in this case, may be sleeping in the doghouse for good after you hear this. I've also got stories about the end of the V8 for Jeep and a tragic Jeep accident that claimed two lives. We'll have all the details in just a few. And later in the show, I'll be going over the science of why you might be putting the wrong gas in your Jeep. So is a good dog or bad dog? I think by now you've likely seen some funny videos online of people doing stupid, funny, bewildering, and sometimes shocking stuff in their vehicles. I don't think I'm at risk here of saying any anything that's going to piss people off, or when I say that I think Russia is at the top of the list for the largest amount of content created in this category, but I digress. This week, a story surfaced that is honestly just a little bit too bizarre to believe if I hadn't actually seen the footage to back it up for myself. Now, from the video, it looks like we're seeing a right-hand drive Jeep Grand Cherokee rolling down a parking lot or something and then crashes right into another car. And it's only upon the moment of impact that you realize there's a dog behind the wheel. Now, the presumed owner of the Jeep and the dog comes running to the rescue immediately as we see the Jeep in motion. She's running alongside the Jeep and grabs a hold of the passenger side door and door jam like she's going to be able to stop the momentum of this 4,200-pound SUV rolling down a hill. <laughs> yeah. You go, Karen. <laughs> Her efforts are, of course, completely futile as the Jeep, the dog driving the Jeep, and Super Karen all come crashing to a stop at the bottom thanks to a parked car. The dog looks over as if to say, what? Is it over already? <laughs> Freya is the dog's name, a border collie. It's the Jeep behind uh, the Jeep and canine in the driver's seat. And in the video, the owner of the Jeep and the dog, whose name is not Karen, by the way, claims that Freya knocked the gear stick loose, putting it into drive and causing it to roll. Once the Jeep had a little momentum and crested the hill in the parking lot, well, it was all over. Gravity took over and, well, you know how it ends. Despite driving without a license, the dog is just fine and is still a good dog. However, she has been permanently banned from sitting up front in her owner's Jeep. The owner of that car that was hit says that he thinks the entire incident is hilarious. Obviously, this whole thing could have gone sideways any number of different ways, and this story would have a much different feel to it. Maybe there wasn't a car at the bottom of the hill. Maybe it was a daycare or something. Maybe the woman tried to get into the Jeep and ended up getting ran over by it instead. The owner of the car that was hit could have been a complete douche nozzle and started a brawl or something. <laughs> Thankfully, there were no injuries and everybody involved had a good sense of humor about it all, too. So I'm kind of curious how the dog could do that. Like most, So in our Jeep, you actually have to press a lever to be able to adjust you know, the... Uh, the gear well, shifter, so... Yeah, and don't you normally have to have your foot on the brake in order to move an automatic transmission? Now, I'm guessing Usually. this might have been a stick shift Grand Cherokee? But even really? still... Uh, I, I mean, okay, so I get then, it. Then it would have maybe be. possibly gotten knocked out of gear and gone into neutral at that point, but it, the story says that it got put into drive, it got put into gear, and so that the, they started rolling, so... Yeah, I, I, see I, and, I see a conspiracy here. Was there more than one dog? Because there was somebody working the pedals. And now, the one thing that I, that I can <laughs> say is that if you leave an automatic transmission in neutral, then yeah, yeah, you can yeah. move the gear shift quite freely, in fact, without right. having any other action, uh, like so, pressing down a brake or something. So Here's another possible angle. The dog didn't actually drive the Jeep. The woman left it in neutral by accident, and the Jeep just eventually rolled because of the angle and whatever. The dog had was just happened to be sitting in the front seat. I think you're on something here, actually, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or the woman made the did the accident, 
got the dog to move over to the driver's seat there and said, you you're go. taking the fall, Fido. Well, except there's some video, I think Josh said. So there yeah, is no, some video there, of a car just rolling. But oh, I did not include that link. I'm going to have to go back and grab that. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll make sure I, that's I, shown. I, here. Let's just go with my theory because it's just so much more interesting. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a crime. <laughs> Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show. With Wendy, there will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's, that's it's good for my soul. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and you do know we have newbie nuggets on Tuesday episodes. You didn't? Well, you are missing out. Hi, I'm Tony, and I just love Jeeps. I didn't think I'd ever buy another Jeep after they stopped making the, the legendary 4.0 liter engine. But you know, the 3.6 is nice, but it doesn't have that great Jeep 4.0 L sound, you know, like a tractor on a farm. Of course. <laughs> But she's got a great personality. Yes. There you go. But a, but a drinking problem. Because you guys have heard this one before. <laughs> and now, back to the news. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. We report every so often uh, of horrific Jeep crashes here on the show. Now, this isn't because of some twisted fascination with people getting hurt in jeeps that we have it's actually to point out that although the sport of off-roading jeeping if you will is relatively safe there are all sorts of risks that need to be taken seriously now sometimes in these stories it's just an unfortunate series of events totally out of the blue sometimes it's because of negligence bad decisions or intoxication and too often these stories involve the loss of life and unfortunately today's story is one of those on Monday, December 19th, 2022, at around 5.45 p.m., officers and first responders with the California Highway Patrol Santa Rosa office and the Monte uh, Rio Fire Protection District responded to a crash on private property at the Happy Hills Hunting Club in, part, in a part of the county northwest of the unincorporated area of Casadero. According to the reports, one of the Jeeps was driving down a dirt road and initially overturned on an embankment and fell some 300 feet into a ravine. The vehicle's driver, a 32-year-old man, and his passenger, an unidentified young boy, were both killed in the crash. A second Jeep, driven by a 49-year-old man carrying two boys, attempted to help the first Jeep, but also overturned down the embankment and into the ravine. Emergency responders attempted to extract all five people, but the steep terrain and an incoming fog bank required they instead call in the use of ATVs to access the scene of the crashes. According to the highway, uh, California Highway Patrol, the driver of the second Jeep was airlifted to Santa Rosa Memorial Hospital with life-threatening injuries. The two, ch- two children in the second Jeep were also transported, but by ambulance, to Santa Rosa Memorial with moderate injuries that are not considered life-threatening. The identities of the man and the child killed in the initial crash have not yet been released because the Sonoma County Coroner's Office is needing to get a hold of the next of kin. As to what lesson we can glean from this accident is is utterly and entirely secondary to the tragedy that took place. Was it poor trail conditions and was there a washout? Uh, Was there snow or ice involved? Did the two Jeepers know each other? I don't know any of that. There are so many questions, honestly, and unfortunately, not enough answers. What I can say is this. If you are not incredibly well-equipped to rescue somebody from a ravine, Despite feeling like you're abandoning a person in desperate need of help that you just know that you can provide, 
It is going to be better for everybody involved if you instead go and get help. If there are multiple people in your party, then it is logical to leave somebody behind to relay communications, but trying to traverse 300 feet down the side of a ravine in December is only going to add to the number of people that the search and rescue teams will need to extract. I can't fault the man in the second Jeep for trying to provide some assistance. In fact, it's outright heroic. But you have to know your limitations, and there's got to be a point where you take your own personal safety into consideration, especially when there's children involved. Oh, this is just so sad. I would love to know what the trail is and how that happened. Um, I know we see a lot of YouTube videos where people are flopping, not going down a ravine like this. And it's yeah. because they're not picking the line proper. And I'm not going to sit here and try to figure out what happened to this poor person. I mean, I think you're right, Josh. We just need to, you know, just re remind people to please be extra safe and careful. And this guy behind trying to drop, drive down, I'm assuming. So he, his Jeep flipped over too. I mean, I don't understand. I'm, I'm sorry. I need more yeah, information. I would, I would like oh. to know what, what the, the, the train was like exactly. I would like to know more about that, that area specifically. I, I again, I mean, this might be all the fault of just a, a washout or something, you know, yes. the hillside gave way yes. and the entire trail just went down the hill or something like that. You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was snow and ice and the Jeep just didn't have traction and, and it slid off. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that there is not a winch on a Jeep out there that has 300 feet of line on it. Nope. So if you're thinking, well, why didn't he just throw a winch line down there? Well, mm -hmm. you know, you're lucky if you've got 100 feet on your on your drum. Yeah. Um, you could also alone. drag yourself down there with a winch, uh, very depending on the weight of the other vehicle as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot... Um, that, that has to be taken into consideration in these kind of uh, situations. Um, obviously, uh, every, every one of us in the situation would want to, I think every fiber of our being would want to provide help and assistance. Uh, but sometimes the best way to do that is by going and getting help. Um, and, and the more people that are involved in a situation like this, the better the outcome is going to be. And so if you're trying to do it by yourself, although time is of the essence in a lot of situations, um, you've got to know where that line in the sand is between being able to do something and, and it being better off getting more help. Well, I mean, this is the situation so many times that you have to try to remove the emotion from the situation. You have to stop and think about it. And, and actually, that's the hardest part is to stop because you want to do something immediately. And short of somebody being on fire which, you know, requires instant uh, immediate, action. Yeah, yeah. immediate action. Most of the time, especially if, if they're down there and the vehicle is not continuing to slide or move, and even if it was, you need to think about what's going on. I mean, I, I'm not a trained professional, but I have watched movies in which actors pretend to be trained, uh, <laughs> trained individuals, and they, they just sit there and think about the situation before they do anything. No, but seriously, though, don't overreact. Don't react too quickly. Um, sometimes what is it? What does they always say? Slow is fast. Mm -hmm. There you go. Well, and we always talk about here as far as getting some trauma training. And that is part of the whole motto is you really need to assess the situation. And with his two little kids in tow, uh, I'm with you. I don't think that was necessarily the right decision, but again, we're not in that situation and we do react at times we're human um, we see a friend or somebody That's no having excuse. a situation. It is, but it happens. <laughs> but you have to be thinking about stuff like that. And you're right. Staying, having somebody stay behind, um, calling for help. Uh, but it's hard. I mean, we're all people that like to help. You know, Josh and I have been out in situations where 
we've got to just jump in and you don't think about your own personal safety, but you do have to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. The story's yeah, very hor- sad. Horrible, horrible. Very sad. How dare you even bring the story to the show? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks, Donnie. So we didn't bring things down news. enough. <laughs> yeah, right. It's cheap news, people. Yeah, get over it. <laughs> it has to come with it. No, it's important. No, it's, it's important because we get the opportunity to bring this stuff. I mean, this is what the train, uh, the train people go through. They go through this stuff yeah. all the time so that they can learn how to react and do things better. And that's one of the reasons why you want to call them because they're trained professionals. So even even though we're not training you, knowing about this thing may help keep you from being in a situation like that. took the words right out of my mouth, Tony. I was thinking if nothing else, somebody hearing this, it may reflect on it sometime down the road when, when you know, a loved one, a complete stranger in front of them or whatever uh, is in need of, of, of assistance. And, and they may remember this and take a beat and determine, okay, maybe I need to go get help or maybe I can provide help. Correct. Well, Jeep is going to need some help when they get the flood, the, the flood of uh, people arguing about, well, whether or not they should bring back the V8. Jeep has quietly dropped the V8 engine, uh, at least the option for the V8 engine, from its two-row 2023 Grand Cherokee SUV. The move, first discovered by Motor Authority on Monday and now has been confirmed by Jeep, means that the most powerful two-row Grand Cherokee that you can order right now is the 4XE Hybrid. And the crowd goes mild. (laughs) I love that saying. (laughs) The 5.7 liter naturally aspirated V8 was rated at 357 horsepower and 390 pound-feet of torque, definitely respectable numbers, and offered as a $3,795 option for the 2022 model year two-row Grand Cherokees. Now the only engine option available are the base Pentastar V6 and the 375 horsepower hybrid powertrain, which, as Motor Authority points out, is a little more powerful, it is a little more torqueier, and more efficient, and almost one second quicker to 60 miles per hour than the outgoing V8 model. Well, that's all fine and dandy on paper, but I don't think that a hybrid powertrain is going to give the tingles down there, if you know what I mean, every time a light turns green. And that being said, we don't have to say goodbye forever to Jeep's V8 engine. For now, at least, it will still be available in the three-row Grand Cherokee L, though it probably won't be for long. Stellantis's new twin-turbo straight-six, which we've talked about here on the show extensively, has already been added to the higher-priced Wagoneer models and is expected to make its way into the Grand Cherokee lineup sooner rather than later to replace the V8 altogether. Now, nothing has been confirmed at this point or written in stone, so a lot of this is just industry speculation and educated guesstimates. At the time of this recording, there are still a decent handful of V8-powered two-row Grand Cherokees on dealer lots, so if you do want one, well, you can still have one, but you're going to have to act fast. So are these really the last days of a V8 Jeep? I don't think so. I think Jeep's had success with it, and I think they'll bring it back at some point. Maybe they're holding it back and then bringing out a new model of some sort. To, to showcase I don't know it? because they're they're talking about uh, putting the twin turbo uh, mm-hmm. inline six uh, into Mopar car, yes. you know, like Challenger, Charger, right. you know that, that kind of stuff. Be awesome. so we may be seeing the end of large displacement V8 engines. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, as long as there is a god and aftermarket companies. <laughs> You you will see V8s in vehicles for years to come. You will have to have a nice wallet uh, to to do it, though. Well, I mean, here we're looking at six-figure Jeeps, you know, uh, the most expensive Jeep that you can buy. And uh, they're not going to have a V8. In fact, I don't even think that you can order it with a V8. 
Uh, if you want, if you want the big power, you're going to have to go with the twin turbo inline six. And so that's that's the new benchmark now. If you're going to spend big money now, okay, maybe uh, GM is still going to be putting V8s in, in Corvettes. Obviously, you know the big muscle cars, uh, the big three, they're probably still going to be churning out V8s. But even Do- even Dodge is saying that hey, this might be the end of, of V8s in these cars. We're we're looking really heavily at at these these inline sixes now. Right now. The high output version, I think, is putting down right around 500 horsepower and right around 500 pound-feet of torque. So whether or not that is the most it can produce, I don't know, because we're already, you know, in the neighborhood of 700 horsepower V8 Hellcat engines and beyond at this point. So if we're going to be looking, if the industry, if the consumers at this point are going to be looking for six, seven, 800 horsepower muscle cars, um... You're not going to get that out of a twin turbo inline six. I don't think. No, at least not, I, I, not a production model engine. I don't think we're going to, I don't think we'll see the end of V8s as long as men are men uh, and, uh, <laughs> and some women. Those times are slipping, Tony. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no. I, I think that we're not going to see the end uh, until, until you have both a electric engine with all the power, which is very easy to do. You can outpower a V8 with an electric motor very easily, and you have a big enough power supply that you know goes far enough and long enough. That's going to be the end of internal combustion because people want to go fast. You like hearing that noise from the V8 or the V12 even, if you want to look at, look at some of the V12 engines out there. Uh, those things are really cool, but um, just the simplicity and the efficiency of an electric motor, all we have to do is have the fusion reactors as uh, <laughs> you've, you've... All comes down to power density, doesn't yeah, it, Tom? They're, they're filled up once when you when you buy them, and uh, you know every so often you uh, just replace the, uh, the little star that's glowing inside the, uh, the chamber that runs your vehicle. <laughs> oh, Mr. Fusion in a Jeep. <sighs> One of these days. Ford One Fusion, days. finally uh, uh, named properly. <laughs> Well, Jeeper, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Please head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out all the different ways you can interact and reach out to us here on the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, and please tell your friends about the 4x4 Radio Network as well. We really need you to spread the word about that and, of course, the show as well. But the Jeep Talk Show is on the 4x4 Radio Network website. In fact, a lot of the web's best off-roading podcasts are all in one place, and it's all happening at the 4x4 Radio Network website. It's all free. It's all in one place. You can head there right now. There's no VIP. There's no pay-to-play. There's no sign-ups. Nothing like that. You can find shows like the On the Trail podcast. You can find shows like the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast, Trail Chasers, and, of course, the Jeep Talk Show as well. It's all at 4, the, no- the number 4, the letter X, the number 4, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4, radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. And if your Jeep is a 2007 to 2018 Jeep JK or JKU Wrangler, and it's still mostly stock, but you want to add a winch because you found yourself getting a little bit more brave off-road, or maybe you've heard about our winch segments here on the Jeep Talk Show, and you want an option to self-recover if it comes down to it, well, then I have a solution for you. You're probably like most Jeepers, though, and you cringe when you see the prices for a winch bumper. They're not cheap, man. And don't get me started on the prices for tire carrier bumpers. Oh, man, that's a whole other story. 
So, what do you do? Well, don't fear, because despite what you may have heard or have been told, you can add a winch to a factory Jeep bumper, and you can do it safely and with right reliability. Here's the bonus. You can do it with basic hand tools, too. No fabrication, no welding, none of that stuff. And it costs a fraction of what a full winch bumper will run you. So, to that end, I present to you the Rough Country 1162 winch mounting plate. It is specifically designed to work with your factory JK bumper and can accommodate all standard size winches. Compare this to similar systems that only allow you to run a specific model or two and will cost nearly twice as much. So for the ease, the flexibility, and of course the price point, this is the must-have item for the week for your Jeep for adding a winch to a stock bumper of a JK. So something really strange happened. Um, the like I think the internet this kind of freaked out. Uh, it said people are having trouble hearing you try move, moving closer to the mic or move away from the, the phone. And, and you were just really, really choppy. I got that message on both you and Wendy. So if you go back wow. about two sentences, maybe three, I, actually let's go back three sentences to be safe and then uh, start from there because um, it was, uh, it was weird. I've never, it was like a fast forwarding, like a, an old audio oh, I've tape. Heard, I've heard that on Chuck where it kind of lags behind and then it speeds up the audio in the buffer to get so back up in real time. It had a choppy noise to it. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, back up so about I'm three gonna, sentences. I'm going to pick it up right about where, and don't get me started on the prices for tire carrier bumpers. Is that going back too far? That's, that is too, uh, but I know that's before, so that's good. And uh, okay. yeah, I can edit stuff out, so that's fine. I'd rather have uh, too much than not enough. That's what she said. And don't get me started on the prices for tire carrier bumpers. So what do you do? Don't fear. Because despite what you may have heard or have been told, you can add a winch to a factory Jeep bumper and do it safely and with reliability. Here's the bonus. You can also do it with basic hand tools too. No welding, no fabrication, no cutting stuff up, none of that kind of stuff. And it costs a fraction of what a full winch bumper will run you. So to that end, I present to you the Rough Country 1162 winch mounting plate. It is specifically designed to work with your factory JK bumper and can accommodate all standard size winches. Compare this to similar systems that only allow you to run a specific model or two of winch and will cost nearly twice as much. So for the ease, for the flexibility, and of course for the price point, this is the must-have item of the week pick for your Jeep for adding a winch to a stock bumper of a JK. I remember the famous words of uh, one Jeeper that said, uh, <clears throat> I don't need a Jeep. I'll never get stuck. Is <laughs> that Chuck? <laughs> no, it wasn't Chuck. It <laughs> wasn't Chuck. Okay. Yeah, I like these. Now, back in the day, there was uh, some companies that did some stuff kind of similar for uh, for some of the older Jeeps. They never really kind of took on. There was a couple solutions for Grand Cherokees and Cherokees that I remember. Then I actually saw a couple in person. They didn't look half bad, but I never really could trust them. And I really no. didn't know if they were coming from a, a reliable company or not. You know, you really didn't get to see a whole lot of what was going on behind the scenes. Well, Rough Country has been around for a long time. And you know their engineering is pretty dang good. 
And so you know when they're going to have something that's going to come up as far as a winch mount, you know that it's going to be really, really trusty and, and reliable. So, uh, yeah, this is something that I would absolutely put my name on. Uh, it's something that, that I think that anybody um, that is in a situation of wanting or has a winch, maybe a buddy of yours has got a winch and he's talking about giving it to you or giving it to you for a really good price, but you're kind of uh, waffling on it because you don't have anywhere to put it, now you do. Well, so, I have a question real quick. Yeah, please. That needs to be mounted to a steel bumper, right? Not the traditional plastic ones that you get? Well, so you know that the plastic ones are actually mounted to the frame extensions of the Jeep yes. itself. There, there okay. are mounting brackets underneath of this. So for all intents and purposes, yes, you're looking at a winch that looks like it is sitting on top of a plastic bumper. Okay. Underneath that plastic is a whole lot of steel, though, and that's what this mounts to. Good. Okay. Thank you for that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're you're mounting it to the frame. I'm almost I'm almost certain because you need to be able to pull the weight of the vehicle. Uh, but uh, and, and interestingly enough, uh, I didn't I wasn't able to find the name of the bumper, but I have a Moto built uh, a winch bumper for the Gladiator, and okay. uh, the it's a stubby bumper. I think it's uh, the Crusher series, and that's what I was trying to look up. Um, anyway, the uh, and you can check this on the the Moto built site on their their installation instructions. It is a winch plate. With a bumper on top of it, so oh, how about that? Yeah, so the the winch plate uh, and it actually makes installing the bumper a lot easier because you're not trying to wiggle you know the winch already mounted to the the bumper. You just you mount the the winch uh, the winch plate the winch and then and it's also too easier to get the bolts that way too. <laughs> and then you stick the stubby bumper on the front of it, which also mounts uh, to the same place that the winch plate does. So mm. it's it's like an additional. Um, uh, additional holes that you use, but it's been a while since I installed it. But uh, yeah, so as long as you, as long as the winch plate is sturdy enough to not to bend and it's mounted properly yeah. to the frame uh, of your Jeep, uh, you don't need anything there. Any the the bumper can be cosmetic, and, mm -hmm. and cosmetic certainly applies to the plastic bumper on the front of a Jeep. I've always yeah. I always thought. I mean, I like aftermarket bumpers. I just love them. They're just gorgeous. Nothing says custom like a, an aftermarket bumper. But uh, actually building a, uh, a winch plate for your vehicle, I mean, if you have uh, a saw saw, a cutoff wheel, some metal, and welding, uh, <laughs> stick welding abilities, you could make your own winch plate and make that plastic bumper look really fancy because it, it's like, oh, is that a winch bumper? It looks like a stock mm -hmm. bumper. Oh, my exactly. God, that's so cool mm -hmm. that way. You know, uh, personally, I like the idea of having a nice stout bumper, especially something that you can run over rocks and and oh. uh, you know, not just destroy. But um, having the winch on there, just because you have a winch doesn't mean you're off-road. I mean, there's a lot of winter uh, situations where you might need a winch either to pull yourself out or pull somebody else uh, off the side of the road uh, that has uh, you know lost control. So uh, there's a lot of good reasons for having tools. Uh, and, and you know, you may have a hammer that you never intended to use, but I think almost anybody that has a house or an apart apartment has bought a hammer. Because yeah, you never when, know when you might when want you, to use when it. When you have a big enough hammer, everything becomes a nail. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah, you got to use the right tool, right? <laughs> yeah, so I want to go down a little bit of a rabbit trail real quick. Uh, it wasn't more than a couple months ago. I saw somebody had grafted in the center section of a JK bumper onto a stock Cherokee XJ bumper. And it kind of looked cool. So the center <laughs> section where the, where the two little fog lights are, 
Yeah. You know, it, it's like pretty much the only functional part of a of a JK bumper, of a stock JK bumper. Okay. They took that section and somehow grafted it in to a stock bumper of a Cherokee XJ. And it looked pretty damn cool. It yeah. looked factory, to be honest. Interesting. It, and, and, and I was like, I've never seen that before. I, I've, I've, I've never seen a write-up about that before. Uh, anything like that. I was like, that is unique. That is something pretty damn cool. And, and I, 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 without, you know, getting all weird, I, I kind of wanted to chase the dude down and just be like, hey, mm-hmm. I need to know more about this. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's talk and Jeep for He would have loved to talk about it, too. You know that. Because that's, yeah, that's the that's way we are. Like, oh, why has this guy been following me for the last 17 <laughs> turns? It's like, you know. Yeah. Something's not right here. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'm getting pulled over because I'm stalking somebody. Or <laughs> that's something. right. Yeah, that's the Stalking last thing charges. I need right now, dude. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. But, but now that you must have a rough country's uh, solution for adding a winch to the factory bumper of your JK or JKU Jeep, we're going to make it easy for you. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com. Look for the link in the show notes for episode 736. We're going to get you all hooked up. Hey, coming up at Tech Talk, we take a look at the best grade of fuel to use in your Jeep. That would be jet fuel. <laughs> <laughs> boost. Yeah, I, I just want the boost the power fuel. Just a little bit. <laughs> Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. Been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. Listen here, you damn rat bastard. You've been listening to this show. <laughs> You've been listening to this show for free for far too long. It's a new year coming up. Make a new year's resolution to become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Scroll on down there. You will have all the information you ever wanted and some that you didn't, uh, including how to become a paid subscriber. Do it today. Well, oh, or and do it in 2023. Who cares? I don't care. One or the other. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. In episode 730, you mentioned that two guys were fighting over a tool and one guy shot the other guy. Yeah, I have an audio clip from that uh, fight. <laughs> oh, no. Go ahead, we. Hey, uh, give me back my 10 millimeter socket. <laughs> uh, I already gave it back to you. And uh, this is my socket. No, it's my 10 millimeter socket. Uh, no, it's mine. Give it back. Hey, hey, stop it. What, what are you doing? Hey. But that's not why I'm calling. <laughs> Call and tell you that I went to the doctor because I had several moles on my back. But don't worry, they look benign. I told them, count them again. There should be eight. Oh, All right, boys and girls, I'll chat to you later. You have a good one. Bye. That hurt. That hurt. You know, I, say. I, I, think it, I, I think a goal in 2023 for Nikki is to maybe turn the book around or find a different book for some jokes. I don't know. Uh, so, I don't know, Sometimes Nikki. he makes it hurt. It's, it's, he yes. literally makes it hurt. <laughs> that was like, what? That was a stretch, Nikki. I'm sorry. I just, nine I times. <laughs> nine, nine, nine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Unless you're talking about seven of nine, right? Then that's something different. Okay, never mind. Star Trek. I don't have any Star Trek uh, drops. 
That's a, uh, the closest thing I have is. <laughs> that is not Star Trek. There goes a four by E. <laughs> That's an electric one, I think. <laughs> oh, it's all electric in Star Trek. Of course. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! There has long been a debate about uh, going about which grade of fuel is best to run in in our Jeeps. There's the guys that go out of their way for the non-ethanol added gas, and and some that won't run anything but super in the tank. I knew a guy back in the day that was running 105-octane race gas in his Jeep. And then there's those of us who will throw the crappiest, dirtiest, cheapest gas we can find and if you catch us on a bad day we might even find a bottle of kerosene and paint thinner dumped in just to bring it up over a half a tank now for 99 percent of us you're going to pull up to the pump and see the three grades of unleaded fuel that are generally allowed to be pumped into the public in the united states these include 85 to 87 octane regular 89 octane mid-grade and 91 to 93 octane supreme fuels, which also typically have a higher level of specialty, special proprietary additives, which range from everything from lubricants to detergents and beyond. Now, without diving too deep into fuel chemistry and covering every additive and formula out there, which I am not going to do, the basics are this. A higher octane rating of gas basically means that the fuel is more stable. The number on the button that you press on the pump for regular or premium is the octane rating of that grade of gas. Now, octane is the measure of how much compression a fuel can withstand before self-igniting. Okay, so you're probably wondering, gee, why is this so important for my 25-year-old Jeep there, guy? Well, fuel that is more stable is more difficult to ignite, which is good for high-compression, high-performance tuned engines. Low-octane fuel in a high-compression engine can cause things like detonation, which can cause damage of the engine. Detonation is simply short for pre-detonation, meaning the fuel ignites before the ignition fires. Now, most of our Jeep's motors wouldn't be considered high-compression performance-based engines, especially if they've been around the block a few times, if you know what I mean. But a higher-octane fuel is less likely to pre-detonate during the compression stroke in any engine, regardless of tune or compression. If, if an engine is experiencing detonation, it can usually be heard by the human ear without any specialty equipment. So if you were wondering if you were experiencing it now or then or possibly in the future, well, here's how you can tell. You're going to have to keep an ear out, though, as it will generally only happen when the engine is under load, like when you're climbing a steep hill or accelerating to get on the freeway. The noise is like sometimes referred to as a knocking or a pinging sound. Extreme cases of detonation sound like a glass jar of marbles being shaken by a cracked-out squirrel on too much caffeine. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, no, seriously, go ahead and just take a minute and think about what that's going to sound like. Yeah. Now, ultimately, the best way to avoid detonation and ensure that your engine lives a long, happy life is to use the fuel grade recommended by the manufacturer. Most mass production engines, including the 4-liter inline 6 that we all know and love, to the Pentastar V6 engine, typically found in most JK Wranglers and beyond, were engineered to run best off of regular old 87-octane pump gas. Anything greater than the recommended 87-octane rating is likely going to be a waste of money for 99% of the driving that you actually do. Interestingly enough... Some modern computer-controlled engines that do require higher-octane fuel are advanced enough that they can run just fine on 87-octane fuel as well. 
In these engines, when or if the knock sensors indicate that there is a detonation, the computer will start to retard the timing a little bit, which will reduce the power slightly, but also eliminate the detonation. Now remember, knocking, pinging, detonation, whatever you're calling it, typically only happens under load and not while at idle or, or while during average street driving. So it may be best to stick with a regular and not spring for the super the next time you pull up to the pump, especially with the prices the way they are now. Save the higher octane fuels and octane boost additives for when your Jeep is going to be, you know, actually doing some serious work. You know, going out for a wheeling trip or something like that. No, picking up the neighbor kid and his three friends on your way home from the grocery store doesn't count. And I'm sure hauling your empty shells back from the range isn't going to add up to much either. I'm talking like when you're out on the trails or when towing a load of gravel for the side yard. You know, stuff like that. Who knows? Adjusting your habits at the fuel pump might just save you enough for some of those Jeep parts you've had your eyes on. Ah, see where I'm going? I see that. I like it. Saving money for upgrades. So I want to ask you guys, Tony, uh, first uh, you're, you're off. Uh, what, what grade of gas do you run in the Gladiator and what rate, grade of gas have you ran in the Cherokee? Cheap. Is that right? No, only. I don't, I'm not going to spend extra money for gas. I, I thought that maybe with the new Jeep that you'd be running the higher octane gas. Not only no, but hell no. Power. Oh, interesting. Okay. There's no reason for it. And this is coming from a guy who's paying about, uh, I don't know, 300% less for his gas than I am. <laughs> exactly. So he could so, afford the premium. Yeah. He yeah. Could definitely so, afford it without question. Sit down but. and shut up because it's not going <laughs> to happen that way. <laughs> No, there's uh, there's no reason in in my mind because there's no pinging. There's uh, yeah, uh, you know it. Uh, no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, just whatever the the. I mean, I don't. Uh, I usually go to Sam's Club. I don't go to just any uh, mom and pop uh, gas station to get fuel uh, because there's uh, always reports of water and tanks and things like that. So I go to the place where uh, I can uh, reliably get the get the the good gas. And actually, Sam's Club is cheaper because being a, a member, you get cheaper prices. Oh, so, okay. yeah, so there's, you know, go to Sam's cool. Club, fill it up, um, and uh, I always, uh, and this is the, the thing that you didn't didn't talk about, you need to be able to tell a difference, and one of the ways you can tell the difference is uh, by monitoring your mile per gallon. Uh, it's not 100% having to do with the type of fuel you're using, a lot of it has to do with driving habits, uh, how much yeah. pedal you use, but uh, measuring it, keeping a, a running record of it over a long period of time, uh, will show you trends, and it and, and actually can show you a trend if you uh, use uh, more expensive gas and if it's worth it to you or not. Let me ask you something, Tony. Do you down there in Texas, do you go into a winter blend? Do, do you guys go into a winter blend when the weather changes um, for it to take a, a little bit of a, ease the strain on the uh, on the refineries and stuff like that? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, okay. we're, we're, we have to do the ethanol thing because of, you know, pollution and stuff in the air. Now, it that's for Harris County. It's not necessarily for, I think it's uh, Harris County and uh, up to three counties adjacent because they don't want anybody driving, you know, over one <laughs> one county and getting the good stuff. See, now, out, out here in the Northwest, uh, at least here in Oregon, um, and I don't know exactly when the dates are that they change things over, but for winter, they run what's called a, a winter blend, and it has less uh, less of the ethanol in it than, than normal. Pumping, and then pumpkin, Scott, the, pumpkin spice, I think, is probably around. Dr. There you go. During the summer, when there's a lot more people doing a lot more driving, um, then they, they go ahead and increase the amount of ethanol in there because, like what you were saying, for pollution sake and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, 
I, I didn't know if that was a nationwide sort of thing or if it only happens up here in the Northwest or maybe only on the West Coast. You know, so uh, and I know down there in Texas where you have access to all those refineries, things are a little bit different. So I think you guys play by a different set of rules. So I just did a quick look up for Texas Winter Blend and we do have it, uh, but it's coffee. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that'll really make I a see. deep run. That's yeah. really good. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've never heard of such a thing, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I don't think so because you know winters aren't really much of a winter uh, in uh, in Texas. Maybe uh, central and north, but certainly not yeah. down in our area. Uh, being next to the Gulf of Mexico, we're we're pretty uh, pretty stagnant on temperatures all year round. Well, and I found it kind of odd that um, there is really only strict um, strict regulation on the octane rating for, for mid-grade gasoline, and that is locked in at 89, whereas um, regular gas and premium gas have a swing that is allowed um, of up to, I think, uh, two, two, uh, two octane. So you can go 85 to 87, um, depending on where you are in the nation, you may be getting 85 octane, you may be getting 87 octane when you're pumping the regular, uh, versus, uh, some places in the nation, you may be getting 93 octane versus 91 octane when you're, when you're getting super. And I know in some places of the country, you can push a button and get 105 straight out of the pump or even 100 octane. Now wow. that's, that's, uh, not everywhere, obviously nowhere here in Oregon. Now what we do have here in Oregon though, are a series of, uh, a chain of gas stations called, uh, space age, space age gas stations are the only gas stations in the area. And there's not that many of them. They're not like, uh, yeah, there, there you go. You go. They're, they're not perfect. like, you know, Texaco or 76 or, you know, uh, Exxon or any of the, Bucky's, any of the big names. Or Bucky's. Yeah. Bucky's. There, there you go. There you go. Um, but space age does have non-ethanol fuel and, and I have found, uh, at least in my Jeep, in the four liter inline six that I run with the uh, various engine modifications that I've, that I've done to it, that there is a distinct and marked difference in the vehicle's performance, um, running that higher octane gas or the, the non-ethanol. It is also a higher octane, but it also doesn't have any of that ethanol in it. Yeah. For us, it's, uh, the premium all the way. Does just doesn't that, perform as well? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now, see, I only run the the good stuff when I'm going to go out for a wheeling trip. Um, mm -hmm. For any other driving, I'll always just put in the cheap stuff, uh, oh. and and that's just sort of been been my mantra. Yeah, for us, it's premium because again, we're on the mountain, so to get off the mountain is fine. But getting back up with the boat anchor that we have of the transmission, oh, we need all yeah. the help we can get to get back up yeah, the hill. Um, I feel like we're Fred Flintstone sometime and, you know, pedaling our legs underneath it to get it to move. Yeah. Pumping but moving even, back and forth. Come on. Come on. Yeah. But all the wheeling and stuff that we do, it just it's just easier. It's, we just, yeah, we just suck it up and <laughs> go for the higher stuff. Yeah, I can dig and it. And I think for us, it's 91, too. I don't know that I've seen 93 here in Southern California. I mean, it could be here somewhere, but where we purchase, I think, other things, 91 for us. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I, I got to look at the next time um, I'm up at the pump. And it might be, you know, it might be um, distributor, too. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, maybe maybe it's the Chevrons that, that run mm -hmm. 93 and the, the Texacos only run 91 or something like that. You know, I don't know. Um, so the next, this is going to be one thing that I'm going to be uh, kind of looking for uh, as I, you know, next time I get gas and I'm feeling, uh, feeling up the fleet and, and stuff like that, I'm going to be looking for those differences in octane. And, and maybe I'm going to ask somebody if they look like they know what they're talking about, if uh, why the numbers may, may, may differ from pump to pump or state to state. Yeah. That's interesting. Hey, do you guys have Sinclair gas stations where you're at? 
Yes. Not, not here up in Oregon. I was shocked to see, uh, what's the, there's a, a group that does things about trucks, uh, TFL, I can't remember what, what they're called. Anyway, they, they posted something up on Instagram the other day, and they were at a Sinclair gas station. I asked them if they were, uh, uh, the, <laughs> asked them if there was a Blockbusters nearby. Um, it was <laughs> it was just amazing. I remember Sinclair's with the dinosaur and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the dinosaur's yeah. still out Down there. Here, the, I'm looking at the logo and stuff right now. Yeah. And I'm just now discovering that there are Sinclair gas stations in Vancouver, Washington. There are three of them. Uh, up there at least so and that's just again 15 20 minutes uh, uh, uh north from me from where i'm sitting right now you know this is like bucky's I, I have nowhere i'm going with this i was just surprised to see that sinclair gas stations were still the thing and they never had, heard of them and they had the dinosaur and they still it, do and the kids yeah, play on it it's a big piece yeah, yeah but, but honestly oh, wait, but, so but these you can't gas stations have a big dinosaur out in front of them yeah yes, big green like dinosaur brontosaurus dinosaur yeah it's a brontosaurus okay. play on and I mean, um, but, I was I was young whenever this thing was in it was in Southeast Texas. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, like uh, not an adult, and then they just disappeared. So I, I just thought they were yeah, gone. Yeah, but they're no, they're throughout the country because we travel, you know, on the motorcycle. Um, but I will tell you from experience, you cannot compare a Sinclair to a Bucky's. Bucky's is by far much better. Oh yeah, those people uh, are oh, insane. Geez. Do you know? <laughs> do you know? And don't don't taste this. I'm just going to put this disclaimer on there. But no, the gasoline tastes horrible. I, I <laughs> it does. Well, it has yeah, a bar. I have it's barbecue it flavored. It's uh, the not really. So <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to Tony. It does not taste like barbecue. <laughs> not put that on it's, the chicken. It's great for beaver nuggets dipping. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, how dare you? Oh right, <laughs> get out! It would just it would, it would melt the beaver nuggets. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good weekend. Melt it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jeffrey, do you have anything to add to this? It doesn't involve dipping fried corn into gasoline. <laughs> Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. I'd love to hear it. Always looking for uh, for new topics to uh, to cover here on Tech Talk. So head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Send a message. And who knows, a future episode of the Jeep Talk Show may be covering your question or topic. In episode 442, we spoke with Sean P. Holman of Motor Tramp. I've raced the Baja 1000. I've been all over the world testing everything from, you know, Range Rovers to, uh, to Ford trucks, everything in between. Just, it's it's been an amazing journey. Sean just bought a new JL, but was it the right color? In gray, it, red was in the running, I just, and I told this to Mark Allen. I said, bring back flame red. Yes. Just, the firecracker is just a little too orangey for me. It, your, your argument is it wasn't red enough. 100% support that. <laughs> the Jeep Talk Show has well over 400 past episodes for your entertainment. Hey, coming up on uh, episode 737 uh, this Friday, uh, Robin Dodd of Backroad Adventurers. Adventurers. I used to know a guy with the last name of Dodd. I wonder if there's a relation. I dated the girl uh, last name of uh, Dodd. Uh, Cindy. Cindy Dodd. I think I was like 17 at the time, though. So you still remember. We're both dead. S- sorry, I don't know anybody with that last name. So does that make me the odd man out? <laughs> You got to go out there and find somebody. Quick. Apparently. <laughs> Dang it. Hey, and speaking of things to sign up for, or go find rather, uh, go sign up for our <laughs> newsletter. That's right. Uh, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link to click and sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. It comes from us. Don't worry. We're not going to spam you. We don't sell information. None of that kind of stuff. It's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. And I think you're going to like the Jeep, Jeep Talk Show newsletter. It's got all kinds of great information about what's happening here on the show and what we're going to be giving away and when. Great information if you want it. your best chances of winning some of that great stuff that we give away. 
And of course, it also has information to join us for our Tuesday roundtable episodes, where you can actually join us for a recording of the Jeep Talk Show as we record an episode live every Tuesday. So head over there right now, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next episode, be sure to support the show by becoming a paid subscriber today. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. I know this is a little stupid, but I think it's kind of fun. She says she likes that thing I do. It really makes her follow my YouTube channel. It gets lots of hits. That's only because I have girls on there who like to shake their hair when it gets long. It hangs down to their butts. My mom doesn't think much of them. She calls them loose. Screws can be dangerous when they cause you to crash. Because you weren't paying attention, your head was up. Your asphalt is what they pave the roads that I drive on with my truck. If you get me in the back of this Jeep, you know where we're going to. Steam up the windows, so grab the towel off the shelf. If you think this is dirty, you can go F yourself. Next week, Mary had a steamboat. Broadcasting since 2010.